0: Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital, tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Listening to your audience. Oh man, how many times have you heard that from some social media expert? I always think to myself, my audience isn't telling us anything. Well, therein lies the beauty of listening to your audience. If they aren't engaging with your content, that's your audience telling you you need to change your approach. Even with that said, it's still a little too obscure for me. So we brought in Jenny Lee Fowler, the Director of Social Media at MIT. She's in charge of developing and executing institute-wide social media initiatives and campaigns. She provides social media consultation and direction for more than 200 departments, labs, and centers, and manages the Institute's flagship Twitter Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn accounts. On this episode, we talk with Jenny about chasing algorithm updates and her unique approach to using digital detective work. Please enjoy this conversation with Jenny Lee Fowler. Welcome, Jenny.
1: Hi, Julian. It's very exciting to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you for the first time on camera.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, after going back and forth on email for a while, it's always nice to see your face.
0: And I think this is going to be an interesting place to start. So I heard you on a podcast. Um, I obviously know what you do. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: So I am the director of social media strategy at MIT. Um, So that basically means that I take care of all things social media at the institute level.
0: Were you required to have a rocket science degree?
1: Luckily, they didn't. <laughs> they just wanted me to have um, some writing skills and a background in communications and social media, um, So, which is more my wheelhouse. Uh, so yeah, I, I did qualify without the rocket science degree.
0: That's awesome. So we get right into these shows, and I ha- you have a really interesting perspective on growth hacks social media and our show is called growth hacks so it's going to be actually a fun uh interview here so what's your take on growth hacks when it comes to social media
1: so julian i'll tell you i love a good hack i love a good cleaning hack i love a good kitchen hack hacking is part of the mit culture but when it comes to growing a social media uh, an audience on social media growing your community through social media i just believe that they don't work. There are no shortcuts. And I will, I will be the first to admit I have tried some of them myself and I've learned there is no hacking a community or growing a community through hacks. So I don't believe they work.
0: Tell us a little bit more about that. So what, what have you seen um, transpire in this experience that has led you to believe this?
1: In some of my early years, you, um, you start thinking that there are all the tips and tricks you know that you've read like if you use so many hashtags or if this is the way you use a hashtag or, or the recommended times to post are you know noon and this time because that's generally when people are eating lunch i you know just all these these tips i just have found that i didn't see an explosion of you know follower numbers or growth for me, I've really learned that you have to know what your audience's habits are. You have to know what um what your community's um love language, sense of humor, um trigger words are and and have those things inform your content and it's it's just an everyday process that takes time and I just don't believe that there are any real shortcuts if you want to do this in a meaningful way.
0: You know, I, I want to agree with you a lot here on the idea that using the industry average or tactic uh, number metric system, these, these tactics don't work for every single person. Uh, one of the More interesting things that I've spent a lot of time on is the the customer buying journey. When does the customer actually make a purchase? And someone can make a purchase after three uh, visits, three interactions, and someone might take 250 interactions. It just varies. And using the uh, variance of, hey, it's going to take 18, the industry averages 18 to 23 interactions before a consumer buys from you. I think using that as a tool to build your marketing strategy is the wrong way to go. You should be thinking about your consumer. One of the most interesting perspectives was buying a car. Let's say you get into a car accident and you need to now get a car because you had a total loss. Your buying cycle is a lot less than someone whose their lease is ending in six months and they're going to take two to 300 Interactions online through this purchasing journey before they buy. So I completely agree with you that we can't use these industry average tips metrics. We have to see what's going on in our social media strategy and what's happening with our audience. So I one thousand agree with you. One of the things that I saw in your article um, that you wrote about was chasing the algorithm, and I think a lot of us, and I I probably. Uh, fall, fall, prey to this that we're we're chasing this algorithm. I know at MIT you're taking a different approach. Can you talk about that?
1: So we have always not been reactionary every time we feel that the algorithm alters or the algorithm changes. Um, I think a lot of us tend to do that and it's hard not to because as soon as you see a change you you want to fix it or you want to do something that switches it back immediately um, but one thing we've learned is just to stay true with what we know like we know our audience we know the reason our audience follows us is for the content that we provide right the, the you know the science the research the people the culture um, and so we we just stick to that and 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 one thing that i feel i've learned is when you um know your your foundation you stay with what you know um the algorithm instead of us adjusting to the algorithm and trying to figure it out the algorithm starts to learn us again. It gets to know us again, because um, that's what algorithms do, right? Algorithms are—they react and they get to know what your choices are, the words that you input in your copy on a regular basis. So I, I just feel, I just feel like it does get to know us again. And sure enough, I mean, it may take. A while. it's this is not instantaneous and I know that we're in an industry that loves instant serve sort of gratification or but uh, it it could take months. you know, it could take half a year, up to a year, but I've always seen our impressions come back and when our impressions come back, our engagements come back. To our averages, that you know, that's I always say it's important to know where your averages are, because then you can kind of see differences and patterns, Um, and 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 then we start to see follower growth again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's important not to uh, jump and it's to to really kind of think for a second. Hey, what's going on? Kind of monitor what's happening. Uh, there's a shakeup. You know, I, we were algorithm chasers when I was doing SEO for years, um, and it kind of that methodology sort of uh, blended when it came to social media. And over the years, I've sort of let off the gas on that and just stopped following the algorithm and focused more on engagement and what my audience cares about. So I, I think you bring up a great point. Your article, What Stood Out to Me, by the way, everyone w- we will post this article at the bottom in, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have an ac- access to, to the show notes. She was actually uh, published on Sprout Social's blog. So it's, it's a really great article. And I, I highly suggest uh, anyone, yeah, absolutely. I highly suggest anyone go and take a look at that. Um, you did some detective work um, on something very, very interesting. You went real, I mean, you went really deep into the minutiae. You took a look at your posts and you will look at what you were posting and sort of the angles, what was inside the photos. You went, I mean, you really went deep into figuring out what kind of content is performing well, what kind of content's performing okay, what were poor performers and sort of where you can, Gain an edge. Can you talk about what you discovered?
1: Yeah, we uh we go really granular with it because we always want to. When what's the difference? You know, why did this post do, um, two times better than this other post when it seemingly is very similar in in topic? Um, so you know, for instance, in Instagram, we noticed um, by looking every every day, right? We noticed that our posts with pictures of people that provide sort of an active, like have an active content or that has the person showing um, the piece of work or technology that they're working on, or maybe they're writing a a math equation on a board, just like more active than passive. We realize that those types of um, pictures of people perform a lot better for us, then maybe um, a professional sort of portrait, posed type. Um- a photo. So that that's an example in Instagram. You know, one thing we we've learned in Twitter is that we learned that our ten o'clock, our ten a.m. posts started to decline in engagements, and um and that was our sort of posting uh process. We start at ten, and then we post on the hour up to eight times a day on Twitter. And I just noticed that the ten a.m. um post just wasn't performing very well. So. I stopped doing it. We stopped doing it. We dropped it. And I started posting, or um, I started scheduling a 3 a.m. post. Cause you know, I always tell people don't ignore your audience on the other side of the globe. So, you know, when it's sort of a daytime hour on the other side of the planet, I started doing a post then and I added a nine o'clock. And what I noticed was, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe we, that small enough change made it so that that 3am post started to get anywhere from two to five times more engagements. And it just kind of lifted the post the engagements on our regular uh, on our other posts throughout the day. It's almost like, you know, a high tide lifts all sinking ships, maybe, but um, it, it started to help out all of the, our succeed, um, or not succeed, but our posts that came after, um, that post. So that's another example of a change we made. But we really, you know, like you said, it's what I call digital detective work because you're really putting your content underneath the microscope and you're going, what is it that's different about this than, you know, than that?
0: And I think we've seen a trend for more raw and authenticity. Uh, you know, Instagram was. Uh, sort of led the charge when it came to those like really nice filtered images but now there's the trend where it's like basically everyone's removing and saying unfiltered not this doesn't have a filter you know and and all these things so I, I definitely see a trend for that raw and authenticity and it would make sense that someone performing a task an equation of uh, 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 something, uh, in the lab, it, it would make sense that something like that performs better than something more manicured. And I, and I, I really like that you've guys have been able to identify some of those things. So <clears throat> there's another part of the article, and I love that we keep talking about this article because it's such a great article, <laughs> I um, appreciate that we, the, the word listening, right. Um, I think our industry and what I mean by our industry, the world of social media, I think we we get a little caught up with putting out our own content. And sometimes what ends up happening is we put out content and we put out these really generic phrases and terms like you should listen to your audience. Yeah, buddy, I've heard that before. Uh, cool, thank you, I appreciate that. And so on this show... What we really want to do is, we really want to examine what listening to your audience means, and what that and how that gets applied in day to day, you know, world of uh, social media. So, can you talk about something that you've heard in this listening that's changed your approach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um before I go into my example, I will I will say that, you know, listening really does mean <laughs> maybe not talking and reading the com- like reading the comments or seeing what your audience is saying about your content. Um you, you learn so much from the anecdotes that you find in the comments, the quote tweets, um all 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 of that. Um, But one example is uh, when, you know, early in the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, we all, in a matter of a week, were all sent home. We all had to leave campus. And it was, it was, it was a hard, it was a really hard time. It was hard, it was hard for everyone. It still is hard for people. But I just remember at that time, we were um really aware of the fact that you know in different servers and in different um um in social media platforms our students were really talking about how all of the days were bleeding together it it, it was hard to Um, know the difference between a weekday and a weekend day. And it was, it was really um, all blending and it it just, it just became difficult. It became difficult to um, motivate yourself to get out, to take a walk or, you know, um, or just sort of be active. Uh, So, you know, at MIT, like a lot of other Places, usually on a Friday, we used to always post a, you know, it's Friday, a celebratory post, and we would, with exclamation points, and we would tell people to go out and play or have a great weekend. Um, But because we heard our audience and what we were saying, we took all of sort of the celebratory um, nature of those Friday posts away and we change the tone of them completely. So no exclamation points, no, um, Hey, you know, go out and play. Um, it was more like a reminder, like it's Friday period, take a break. And that, that would be it. Or it's, it's Friday, get up from your seat, stretch, (laughs) you know, like take a breath, and go, go out for a walk, period, like no exclamation points, right? And our audience really noticed. And, you know, whereas uh, a usual it's fri type of post might have gotten a couple of hundred, maybe a hundred, a couple of hundred engagements, when we changed the tone, our audience really appreciated that. And um, those posts were getting upwards of like 600, 500, 600 uh engagements and likes so that it doubled in nature. So that's just one example of how when you're really tuned into what your audience is saying, what they're, um, you know, what they're saying on their own platforms, um, you can really inform the voice, the tone, the content of your own platform.
0: You know, it's funny that you talk about uh, the, the school, the students, the life, you know, from a social media standpoint you've got departments you've got labs you've got professors you've got centers you've got culture you've got events you've got sports I mean you are in a really interesting place when you're do when it comes to social media. how have you solved for that
1: well, I, I don't know that we i don't know that we have but um but it's true we have two hundred plus you know department labs and centers and they all have their own social media presence um, i you know, it's not my job to police anyone. I don't, you know, I don't do that. That would be like herding cats, right? My job is to elevate and amplify everyone. Like I want to um, empower all of our department labs and centers to have really great content. I'm here to support their strategy. I'm here to consult with them. Um, I, I want them to, their social platforms to get attention, right? So, you know, I'm here to amplify them. One way that we've done that is through our um, MIT Social Media Hub, which is a website that aggregates and draws in from all of, i wouldn't, say, not all, but I would say most of our department labs and centers, social media um, platforms, m- primarily Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, and Instagram
0: Is this like a platform a website what is it
1: It is it's a website it's um socialmediahub.mit.edu
0: Got it we'll have that uh, in the link and in, and in, in the in the show notes
1: It's just a website that aggregates all of the wonderful content that our um our community is putting out and for the I mean for me and the the goal was if for those people who cannot be on campus, or is, or you know, won't have the opportunity to ever, ever, you know, experience MIT um, in Cambridge, then we want them to get a sense of like the energy and the buzz and the culture and the events and you know all of the things that are happening at MIT at every, any given moment, really, because it it updates in real time.
0: Well. Jenny, thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate you uh, coming on to a Growth Hacking podcast, even though that you don't believe (laughs) Growth Hacking applies uh, for social media. It it is wonderful to have you. Uh, We look forward to having you back.
1: Oh, it was great to be here. And I'm actually excited that we agreed so much on things, right, Julian? But thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. All right. We'll see you soon.